Hello, and welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg tax podcast where we discuss everything tax-related on the Hill. We'll sit down with the Daily Tax Report's Hill team to give you an in-depth look into the latest in legislative activity dealing with tax. I'm your host, Matthew Bedingfield, and I'm excited you're here with us today. Hello and welcome to Talking Tax. I'm your host, Matthew Bedingfield, and it's December 4th. I'm here today with Allison Versperill and Laura Davison, two reporters with Daily Tax Report, to give us the update on where we're at with the GOP's tax bills. Uh, so guys, the Senate bill passed early, early Saturday morning. Allison, can you give us the rundown on how that went down and anything else you might have heard from the Hill? Leading up to the passage, there were a lot of last-minute negotiations happening. Um, There are a couple holdouts, including Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee, um, Senator Ron Johnson, um, and Senator Daines. And the the things that people wanted, so Corker was really looking for some sort of trigger provision that if there wasn't as much anticipated or there wasn't as much growth as the bill was projecting, um, then you know, some tax increases would kick in, which was obviously a not very popular uh, provision for a lot of Republicans. Um, With Johnson and Danes, they were looking for some expanded benefits for pass-through entities. They wanted that 7.4 deduction uh, for pass-through income to go up to 20% originally, and then they finally came to, they reached a conclusion to actually move that to 23%. And so that helped garner support from those two, um, Corker remained, they, they weren't able to get the trigger provision in there because of some bird rule issues. Um, that's a, you know, a provision that limits adding to the deficit in a, after 10 years. And so Corker was the only one that ended up not voting for the bill. And so this ended up passing. And as you said, in the wee hours of uh, the early morning hours of Saturday, and it was a 49 to 51 vote. So pretty close. And uh, Laura, what are some of the key differences between the Senate bill and what passed in the House? So some of the key differences that have been in there all along are still in there. So the uh, Senate bill would still sunset all of the individual and pass-through provisions in 2026. There's still that one-year delay, so not 2019, uh, for the start of that 20% corporate rate. Um, however, there's some things that uh, that the bills move further away on and some things they move closer on. Uh, we've been talking for weeks about the SALT deduction, that state and local deduction. The House now matches the Senate with that $10,000 property tax deduction. Still nothing for income taxes. There's a little bit of movement in the House. Um, Daryl Issa and some of the Californians want to see some changes there. But as of right now, in terms of what the, the bill text says, House and Senate are on the same page of that issue. Um, though, to do some of the changes that Allison was talking about, um, to get those expanded benefits for pass-throughs and, and get, you know, like, uh, and also, you know, getting the state and local tax deduction, these are pr- changes they made to basically get senators on board to vote for this bill. Uh, it cost them some money. So they brought back uh, the alternative minimum tax, the AMT, for both corporations and individuals. That's super unpopular. Uh, and the business community is really galvanizing behind, uh, you know, a way to get that out of the bill one way they could do that is raise the corporate uh, corporate tax rate to 21-22%. That'd be a way to find some revenue. Um, up until this weekend, that was sort of a non-starter. President Trump said, look, 20%, that's my bottom line. Though this weekend, he said, oh, it could be up as high as 22%, which is sort of a game changer for members of Congress who really this whole process has been directed at getting to a 20% rate. Another difference... Um, that we see is now the the House and Senate bills are pretty close on where they have their repatriation rates. Uh, House bill is 7% for, for illiquid assets. 
14% for, for cash and cash equivalents. Senate is 7.5 and, and 14.5. The problem is, is this is way higher than any Republicans want. It was sort of an easy way to raise revenue quickly. Uh, and But the, everyone was hoping that they'd be able to stick with what the Senate had originally, which was 5% and 10%. Uh, but it looks like those numbers are going to have to stay up high because they just need money to make the math work. Okay, and I'll throw this last question out to both of you guys. Uh, where do we go from here? How do we reconcile some of the differences that are in both of these bills? What's the process going to look like? So um, tonight, and probably by the time a lot of listeners are listening to this, they will have named the uh, conference committees uh, in the House and Senate. So these will be kind of your key players from Senate Finance, Ways and Means, and the Budget Committees, because this is, a, remember, a budget reconciliation bill. Um, so Hatch, Brady. Um, some of the, the Republicans that have been very um, involved in this process, you could see, um, these, none of these are official yet, but, you know, Rob Portman, uh, Senator from Ohio, uh, Peter Roscom, who's the chairman of the Tax Policy Subcommittee on Ways and Means uh, from uh, on the House side, uh, are all people that you could uh, could see in the process. We're also hearing some talk, too, of Lisa Murkowski um, on the Senate side. Uh, she was kind of a, pl- a key player in, in terms of, you know, people trying to garner her support for that original passage. Um, so that's someone that we could see come into play again. So this whole thing, they're hoping to wrap it up in the next two weeks or so. They um, officially have to have one public meeting um, so that uh, if they do a conference committee, which it looks like they're going to, that will happen at some point over the next couple of days, though a lot of this will happen uh, behind closed doors. Uh, lots of, you know, kind of how the bill was written, essentially, of, you know, members meeting one on one and hashing things out um, and, you know, kind of go public when uh, they feel like they've got uh, agreement and things that can work for, for both the House and Senate side. Okay, guys. Well, as usual, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Tax, and we look forward to hearing more updates as this progresses. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. It's been a pleasure having you here with us, and tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day.